This is the Property Development Book Club podcast. Please be advised that the views expressed are of the individuals and do not represent their employers and should not be taken as advice. Please do your own research and seek advice from an appointed professional. Hello and welcome to the Property Development Book Club podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be speaking about artificial intelligence and its implications in the real estate industry. I'm really fortunate to have guests here with us today. We've got Quiva Loftus and Hattie Walker-Arnott, who are specialists and thought leaders in the AI space as it pertains to real estate. So, first question, quite an all-encompassing question, so, you know, whoever wants to go first. Um, (laughs) Artificial intelligence in real estate, what are the sort of current implications that we're seeing? What's working well? What do you think could do better? Okay, big, big place to start. <laughs> Shall I go first? <laughs> so I, I suppose, first of all, I think we can think about AI in two different areas in real estate. So first of all, how can it actually just help us do our jobs every day? And the tools that we're starting to see uh, come alive, things like ChatGPT, which I'm sure many people have now heard about. These are things that are going to impact any industry particularly knowledge workers or you know in every part of their day so these tools are kind of alive people are using them people are working out how to use them i think then there's the more specific area to how are we actually going to change the real estate industry how are we going to improve some of our processes um you know the design construction sustainability and I think we can there's some really interesting examples there I'm not convinced yet we've seen many companies yet take up that mantle Mm. but I think it's just a matter of time yeah I am so I my background is as an architect um, and now working at a digital as digital lead at Callison RTL Architects so I've been spending a lot of time researching kind of how AI is being applied in the design space so for existing design software and it's amazing to see how it's already being applied kind of within existing softwares and then you know these things started out as kind of academic case studies and now there are products available on the market to do everything from generate your apartment floor plans to render images um i'm going to say they're not perfect uh they need a lot of work um but it's exciting to see where it's going mm. so, so do you have an example that maybe of ai or technology that you use um currently yeah i think um, had referenced um sustainability and actually that's the the product that's most advanced on the market is uh, a tool called SpaceMaker. Okay. It's an early stage feasibility tool, but they've integrated um, machine learning into the software so that you can generate your analysis kind of instantly as opposed to having to wait hours or weeks kind of to get results. And um, I think that's a really good example because it shows you how if you can have that information right at the start of a, the process, you're not having to redo work you know, further down the line. So um. kind of the power of having that analysis kind of day one, as opposed to when you've already done a detailed building design is incredible. And do either of you have examples of where AI has been tried to be used, but it just is, it just has flopped? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I don't know about flopped yet, but I think um, kind of alo- along those lines, one way that I think AI will be really useful is rendering buildings. So it really can speed up the design process. I mean, you know better than me, the amount of time it takes an architect to (laughs) 
render a building. Or, or send that out to an external consultant, right? Not everyone has those skills in-house and it costs quite a lot of money, mm. um, but it means you can kind of test options quicker. Um, the example of the product I've seen on the market isn't perfect, right? There's a lot of blurry edges and things, which you know works well for kind of dally and mid-journey when you're asking it to generate avocado chairs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but less so for buildings when you know you need to see that sink in the place you've designated a sink. Uh, but I think on that point about the kind of early stage of design, at that point maybe it doesn't matter so much. You don't, you don't need the you know the door handle exactly on the right place on the door, but it can you know you can sit in a design team meeting and go through fifty different versions within half an hour compared to asking someone to go away and spend weeks or yeah. you know and then come back and then so I think a lot of it is certainly not perfect yet yeah. and the solutions are, yeah, are, are getting there. But I, I think it also doesn't necessarily matter. And we don't need those perfect solutions to already make big leaps. Yeah. I don't know who it was that said this quote, but it's like, don't wait to get perfect. Start now. Get perfect totally. as you go as yeah. you go along. Um, I think that's what we'll see as time, time goes on. Um, just for the audience members, um, we're using quite a lot of architect or te yes. te technical terminology. So rendering, um, yeah, could you just explain what Computer that is? generated <coughs> visuals of a project before it's built. Um, so we use that to kind of help the client make decisions, right? So that they can see what they're getting before, beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the point on image renderings is, is fascinating because you know it, it takes so long to develop your material library and all those things. And it brings us to the point on, on data in AI as well. You know, there's real contentious issues about the sources of data used to train those models, whether there's biases in it, whether people mm. gave their permission for the material to be used. So I think we're only just at the start of understanding kind of the challenges around AI as well. Yeah, just sticking sticking on the, that point actually, um, about biases existing. Um, you know, whenever you're in an industry that is populated by a particular demographic, if you're asking them to design a rendering or, or put forward, you know, computer-generated images, um, I've seen it myself in development management where I've asked an architect to produce a, a, a CGI computer-generated image, and it's come back, and and the kind of picture that they've drawn up is is one that doesn't have sort of all elements of the community included. So it might be all men in, in the kind of images, whereas you know we know that society includes women, includes disabled people, includes uh, racially diverse people. Um, so it's how do you get the AI technology to know that? Or do you think it's actually easier because you can almost, because it is sort of computer, you can kind of train it to know? I think it is about training it and really curating your data set. I don't know what you think. Maybe. Yeah, no, like it's absolutely right. AI is all built on data. So given that we live in a it, uh, unequal society, we have unequal data and therefore our AI is getting trained in a biased way. What I think is interesting is it's, it's, it's something that people are very aware of. And I think we will start to see roles, like jobs emerge. So people are, are kind of saying like, oh, maybe the roles of accountants and auditors will change. People don't need their auditors so much anymore when we've got um, so much good technology that can process data, uh, process numbers. But what, where we do need auditors, we need AI machine learning model auditors. So we need people who are able to look at a model and say, okay, this is this is producing this result because uh, of this. And so 
for example, with Dali, which is, so Dali is the image generator of ChatGPT. ChatGPT is a large language model, which is basically a machine learning model that's built on like all the words on in the internet and books and things like this. And it um, that's where people are getting all these like cool Shakespeare, you know, Write a sitcom about an architectural office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then it writes the sitcom. And it literally writes it. It's yeah, it's incredible. And so ChatGPT then feeds Dali, which is um, an image generator. It's kind of text to image. So you literally describe what you want to see. So like the avocado chairs I mentioned, and it literally will generate twenty options. You know, in, in seconds. Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's really cool. But if you if you say they, they noticed with Dali that if you asked it to produce a picture of a person, it gave a man. Well, yeah. And so they now have audited Dali so that unbeknownst to us, every now and again, when someone puts a person they add in behind the scenes female person mm -hmm. and so there's things that you can do like that when you notice those biases to correct it and that's going that is going to be a massive industry like ai auditing is going to be massive hi my name's hattie walker arnott and you've been listening to the property development book club podcast please don't forget to like share and subscribe hi i'm quiva loftus and you've been listening to the property development book club podcast please like share and subscribe Hi, I'm Faith Lochkin, founder and CEO of We Rise In. We are a business whose mission is to inspire, elevate and develop the careers of mid to senior level black professionals. We're keen to connect with individuals who identify as black professionals so we can support you in getting to levels of seniority within your career. And we're also keen to speak to corporate companies who are looking to uh, better and improve their diversity, equity and inclusion agenda via our workshops um, and programmes. We're a proud sponsor of the second half of season two of the Property Development Book Club podcast. Definitely. And I think kind of applying that same technology to real estate is really about building a suitable library of material to train real estate specific mm -hmm. kind of um, machine learning models, because um, I think that's what you notice with ChatGPT or uh, DALI, you know, kind of it's, it's trained quite on a very general data set at the moment and we need to get more specific if we want to get information that's applicable to our sector. Mm. And those auditors, the group of auditors need to be diverse as well mm. sure. um, yeah. and have different lived experiences to be able to feed that into, into the AI. Um, you mentioned earlier there was cost, reference to cost. So just in terms of, you know, trying to move forward, trying to get to a point where ideally all companies are using some form of AI there's all there's going to be that in between where certain companies are you know paving the way and using ai whereas others maybe not so do you think that's going to have an impact on cost as in i.e like as a consultant what you're charging your clients and do you think there's going to be kind of you know competition in the sense that yes you're kind of forward thinking and you've got these amazing uh you know ai technologies that are helping you do your job better and provide better service for your client however you're quoting so much higher than traditional you know, are you seeing clients maybe going more for people that, you know, companies that do have AI incorporated or is it kind of the cost is kind of 
I don't think we've really seen it affect our business model just yet. You know, we're still in very early stages, um, but I think it is about factoring that into how you price your work. Um, but ultimately, it should be offsetting some of the kind of manual work we're doing. So I think eventually it'll kind of even out, but probably early days. Yeah, and I would say, interestingly, a lot of the tools, these kind of base, what I'm calling base level tools, ChatGPT, it's free to use, or you, you can use a decent free version. So you can use it today in your business. If, if, if I need to write a location description, instead of spending half an hour writing out what's the closest tube station and what's the nearest motorway or whatever, you just say to ChatGPT, please write a location description for Moorgate, and it produces it straight away for free. But that won't always be the case. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you know, <laughs> we all get to enjoy the free trials and yeah. you know get us hooked and addicted. Um, but I think to that point about creating like a location descriptor, I think we also need to validate the information we're getting from these oh, tools yeah. at the moment. I really 100%. wouldn't rely on them. Um, you know, I think it it really needs that human intervention, both in the curation point, but also kind of to sense check it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think the way I see it at the moment is it's like it's a tool that can produce something that then you can edit. And it's really helpful for getting that base information. But I've had some pretty uh, potentially disastrous experiences. So I've been we using it. <laughs> we need to hear an example. <laughs> um, I've been using it a lot in Excel. because It's really good for producing formulas. But also, it's really good, you know when you've got like a really long nested if statement in your Excel model. Yeah, because we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go on. Like, if, if this, if this, if this, then that, that, that. Yeah, yeah. You can copy and paste that straight into ChatGPT and it will give you a bullet pointed list as to what is going on. So what Ooh, that statement nice. is doing. So you know when, when you get sent someone else's model yes. and you're not sure like where their brain was when they, you know, and you can audit. It's almost like back solve yeah the the that could be dangerous in some instances it, if people get their hands on essentially ip yeah potentially it's and, and that is really yeah potentially dangerous potentially helpful who knows and again you have to if you're taking a formula from chat gpt you have to understand still what what if it is doing what you've asked it to do but I, the other day, got a bit like trigger happy, like, oh God, ChatGPT is so great. And I had, there was, there was something weird in my model. My IRR and my equity multiple weren't making sense. And I wasn't sure, I didn't know whether it was my model or whether it was a scenario that was plausible. So I asked ChatGPT like, well, is it possible that your IRR can be this and your equity multiple can be that? And its response was yes. And it gave me an example. It actually gave me a worked example that was incorrect. Mm. And it said, yes, you, that can be right because look at this example that is right. And I had to know enough to know that that, that, that was, dis despite its like complete confidence, mm. it was completely wrong. Yeah. Scary. And that's where the sense checking comes in. But yeah. I think they, I know they've launched a new model, uh, GTP4, I think ju just today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're talking about how much more accurate that is already. Yeah. You know, so we're seeing changes week by week, month by month that, you know, kind of blow your mind, mm, right? You yeah. know, it's come so far. Um, I, I did a talk on AI in September and um, I'm doing another one in two weeks time. And 
it's a completely different talk now. Wow. You know, like the industry has changed so much mm, in that so time, quickly. which is just unreal. But um, really exciting to see how, like for you, formulas, for us, it's maybe scripting. Um, yeah. So using that kind of to write scripts that you, somebody might have had to do from scratch, um, you know, so much quicker, but you still need to be able to interpret it like you had to yeah. do in that example. So looking towards the future, I mean, you're saying that AI is changing constantly every day. If you had a magic genie lamp and you could, someone out there maybe who's listening, could invent a piece of AI tech that would really <laughs> help where, like you, where you are at the moment in your business, in your you know career, what would that tech be? <laughs> this, I mean, this is the like this is what I am actually spending quite a lot of time of my day trying to work out. Mm. Um, it's not clear yet. I think to me, I look at the the major problems in real estate. What are our big problems? Our big problems are construction, the emissions from construction. Our big problems, again, are like in, in inequity in the places that we build. And so those are the places that I would like to see targeted. Um, there's a really brilliant example from Google with their data centers where they took all of their data center data, like sensors, the heat, the temperature, the amount of energy used, and t handed that over to their machine learning teams. And they built a model that helped them reduce the energy usage in their data centers by 40%. Whoa. And you, you would have thought that Google would have had like optimized Everything. their data centers yeah. already. But the AI was able to make connections and, you know, maybe do things like consider the outside air temperature and the humidity and like all these different parameters mm. that are really difficult for us to directly program. Yeah, it's a really software. good at spotting patterns. I think in, mm. in really large data sets that it would just take us months and years to trawl through. Yeah. And that's where it has such incredible potential. But I think we were talking about it before we started that it really relies on digitization. And as an industry, we're quite far behind. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, so step one really is, you know, trying to get more information in a format that's readable by these tools as by well. these machines, yeah. All comes down to data, eventually. Yeah, and, and the issue at the moment is all that data is siloed into relatively small, you know, each real estate business owns a tiny fraction of the world's real estate. And we don't like to share it. And, and we, we do don't. Like Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Keep it, it to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. On that note, um, thank you both so much um, for this conversation. I think we just touched the surface. Um, you know, Quiva's going to do more talks and, you know, the talk might change in a couple of weeks time. But for today's conversation, I think personally, I think I've learned quite a lot. Um, you know, I kind of came into this very evergreen, actually. <laughs> I was like, what is AI in property? Um, but, you know, thank you for explaining, you know, what you've explained today. Um, I'm definitely going to go away and do a lot more reading. And yeah, I guess a plea to the viewers who are listening, who are in the real estate industry, just, you know, recognising that AI is the way forward, is you know, coming in, um, and just being open to, to that and open to sharing data, um, because ultimately, the more that we can share, the, the, the better we will all be um, you know, at our jobs and, and within our industries. Thank so you. thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you.
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Property Development Book Club podcast. Make sure to like, share and subscribe. This is the Property Development Book Club podcast. Please be advised that the views expressed are of the individuals and do not represent their employers and should not be taken as advice. Please do your own research and seek advice from an appointed professional.